We've got a lot of ground to cover on today's program, and I hope you'll stay with me for the full hour. I'm going to start the program by dealing with, um, shall we say, predictions of the end of the world. Did you know that Jesus is coming on January 1st of 2023? This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Well, if that be the case, maybe we need to head out to the never-ending tent revivals until until Jesus comes. Or, or maybe we should go to the hills. Maybe we should stockpile food. You know, we've dealt with this topic a number of times since this program began. And we even ventured into this topic back in the days when it was just a weekend radio program. Lest we forget, it was just a little over 11 years ago that Harold Camping of the Family Radio Christian Network claimed, with the Bible being his source, that May 21st of 2011 would be the date of the rapture and the day of judgment, and it was beyond the shadow of a doubt He suggested it would be 6 p.m. local time when the rapture would sweep the globe time zone by time zone. And he predicted that about 200 million people would be raptured. He also had claimed that back in 1994 and I think even before that. I can think of so many people that have made predictions of the end of the world, the rapture, the coming of Christ, that have been wrong over and over and over again. Yet so many, so many good people, people that I respect, people that I love, they fall for this nonsense over and over again, and it becomes obsessive. Now, the reason I'm even mentioning this at the beginning of the program today Somebody sent me an email. I got it last night. And it came through the website, truth2ponder.com. And I really don't know how to get a hold of this person. They didn't leave a real name or a real email address. This individual sent me a website to look at. And the website is, uh, I'll let you know all about it. It was called dayofthelord2021.com, but the, the title now is Day of the Lord 2022, which makes me begin to wonder about this particular website and the woman that put it together with a timeline of events and, and the rapture puzzle book and, and all that goes with it. And, and here's this website out there. That, is, that has all these news stories and I'm tying it together and it connects with this, this verse in Haggai and then also something that happens in Jewish history and, and so many years from this and, and on and on and on it goes. And once again, they try to tie all this stuff together and predict a date. Matter of fact, this one is, well has this whole thing laid out. And it talked about Daniel's 70th week started way back in 2009. And then on and on it goes. And then the second half of Daniel and the third and 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 the eighth day of Daniel's 70th week and on and on it goes. And so with solar eclipses and lunar eclipses and everything else, tied it all together. And here's 
what this woman came up with on the website. And the only reason I'm sharing this with you is to make sure you don't fall for this stuff. I've listened to too many people in my lifetime, in my years of being a born-again Christian, I've listened to too many of these people make predictions that fail. You can go back to the 1800s. You can go all the way back to the Millerites, who believed the world was going to end back in the 1800s. And they have their great disappointment. There are so many denominations that were created in the United States that were founded on false predictions of the end of the world. And how they're still in business today is beyond me. So here's the timeline of events. This person has it all figured out right down to the day that on this coming Friday, May 27th, will start the 10 days of tribulation or persecution. Then on June the 3rd, the first shaking event, start of three days of darkness. June 6th and 7th, first fruits rapture and the first woe of Revelation 9. Then October the 24th, this year, the main harvest rapture and the second woe of Revelation. I guess if that happens, uh, the Republicans won't win win in November. Um, Then on January 1st, 2023, the second coming of Christ to the earth and the third woe of Revelation. All figured out, got it all, and I have it all. She laid it all out, her entire house. She put the puzzle together. How many books have been written and sold and purchased, collecting dust now, on people's bookshelves over the last, oh, I don't know, 50 years, 100 years, 150 years, that all had the date set? 88 reasons that Jesus will return in 1988. Even Hal Lindsey's first book, the late great planet Earth, bestseller, I had it, I read it, cover to cover twice. In the 1970s, he's telling us, he's telling us that 1988 is going to be the pivotal year. It's going to come to an end. Jesus will most likely return in 1988. And he tied it together by a misunderstanding of what Jesus told his disciples And he predicted because Israel became a nation in 1948. And then a generation later, we would see the return of Christ, which would be 40 years, 1988. Well, as near as I can figure, we are like 70-some-odd years now. I mean, look, it's been a long time. It's been more than 40 years. And all these books go into into the trash bin of history. And what really disturbs me, and and the reason I'm spending some time at the beginning of the program today, is to make sure that not only are you grounded in God's Word and understand the news and deception going on around you, but understand that deception often comes, often comes from inside of what we call the church. Now, 
this person makes a statement which I actually do agree with. The church, especially the American church, the European church, the United Kingdom church, the Australian church, the French church, the German church, the Swedish church, they've all fallen asleep. In fact, many of them become just totally apostate churches that have nothing to do with the true message of Christianity. Maybe I'll talk about that today. And it's funny, I got stories about monkeypox, and and of course, we, we can't forget that we have to deal with something really important today. Climate change. That too is the boogeyman issue that always finds its way into the conversation in Washington, D.C., and every leftist-leaning, demonically-possessed government across the world. Well, Bob, what do you mean? Don't you care about the planet? Don't you don't you worry about man-made, you know, global warming, setting it on fire? Not really. This world has seen a lot of things happen. And what I do see is the cult of death wanting less human beings on the planet. I see the cult of death wanting to kill babies in the womb. I see the cult of death claiming that they are members of the body of Christ when they are not believers truly in their heart. They they live in a in an age and a satanic religion which pretty much pretty much includes earth worship and worshiping the god Moloch, you know, an ancient Babylonian god, Moloch. Now, who is Moloch? Real quick, before I get back to this, these predictions, Moloch was an ancient god that promised prosperity in your life, prosperity, being able to have a wonderful and good life, good crops, everything, if you would sacrifice and kill an infant. And it was a cruel and horrible way to kill these infants. But if you would do this for the god Moloch, Moloch would guarantee you prosperity in your life. Kind of sounds like the abortion crowd to me today. You know, you can have that career, just kill the baby. You can have that brand new house, just kill the baby. You can afford to buy that Tesla, just kill the baby. That's just part of it. That's just part of it. Then the other component, which has been around, called Guyana worship, is to worship the earth. And even St. Paul addressed that explicitly in Romans chapter 1. That those that worship the creation and rather than the the creator, let me say that again, those that worship the creation and not the creator. They're given over to a reprobate mind. And so when I look at all this climate change silliness, and I and it really is silliness, and I really have my reasons for saying it is silly, we are arrogant enough to think that we have full control over this living planet, which is a 
tribute to a living God who created the solar systems and all the planets, yet somehow we are so powerful that we can destroy the earth. The Bible says the earth one day will be destroyed as we know it. And it won't be us doing it. Trust me on that. So let's just take a moment here and get back to these predictions and and why you should just dismiss all of them. Jesus himself makes this statement in Matthew 24 and verse 36. Make sure you understand this. Matthew 24, verse 36. And this is what Jesus says. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. I don't know why this is such a problem for these prophets or so-called prophetesses. They keep making these phony predictions of the end of the world and the rapture and all that goes with it. They, they believe that, well, that doesn't apply to me. Maybe it does. Because Jesus himself says, and, and once again, let's use, let's use the New American Standard Bible, the NASB, for a little bit of clarity. But about that day, or of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, capitalized, by the way, as in the Christ, but the Father alone. If Jesus does not know when he is going to be told to return to this earth, how does this woman with a website know more than the angels of heaven and Christ himself? But of that Exact day or hour, nobody knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son in his humanity, but the Father alone. That's a better way to put it. When Jesus was talking to his disciples, he did not know. Nobody will know until that time comes. But Jesus also makes it clear we'll see the signs. And these signs will be a precursor, but we'll never know the the day or the hour. And most of the world will ignore it. They'll be running around screaming climate change, which according to the crowd in Washington, D.C. and meeting in Davos, Switzerland this week and the United Nations and the World Health Organization and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know them all. The greatest existential threat to the planet, climate change. Yeah, I've been hearing that since Earth Day 1970. And we were told... By now, it should have all been over. I mean, it sh- we already should be either underwater, frozen to death, or burned up alive with all the mispredictions. See, even, even on that side of the equation, these scary predictions sound wonderful, and, and putting dates on them, too. <laughs> and, and people have been, all my life, I have listened to these people, 1970. Earth Day, little town in upstate New York. I'm a young guy, 16, wanting to get into the radio business. And I had my little 
portable battery-operated woolen sack tape recorder with five-inch reels. And the little microphone that plugged in looked kind of classy. And I went out to cover Earth Day 1970. Kind of a cool morning to get some, shall we say, sound bites to be used on a local radio station. And I heard all the great predictions. All the great predictions of pollution. All the great predictions of the darkening sky. The oncoming perpetual winter. I heard all these experts from Cornell University and other fine institutions of higher learning get up on this flatbed truck, big flatbed truck with the with the rock band and everything else at this park in a small town in upstate New York, telling us how we need to be better stewards, that's not the word they use, but better citizens of the planet, and how all the things we're doing, we're destroying the planet, and if we don't do something right now, Miami Beach is going to have snow, snow by the year 2000. Every winter, it'll be snowfalls in Miami Beach. No more enjoying the temperate temperatures of Florida. And communities like ours, deep in upstate New York, near Lake Ontario, would become frozen wastelands where very few crops, if any, could ever be grown again. It had become dismal and frozen. And I had this vision. Remember, I'm, I'm you know, just turning 16. Had this vision in my mind of you know, Lake Ontario being frozen over. The Great Lakes frozen. The Finger Lakes frozen over because of, <laughs> because of global cooling which today we call climate change. Yeah, climate change became the norm when the global cooling failed. Remember, we were told every year beginning in 1970, and it had already started, and it was almost too late, that we were headed to a dark winter of cold, frozen wasteland, no crops, starvation, and death. That was the prediction. If we didn't do something now, the Cuyahoga River had caught fire in 1972, I remember that. All these pollution reports. What was funny, the the TV stories about the Cuyahoga River near Cleveland, Ohio, catching fire between Akron and Cleveland, they kept showing old film from the 1950s. The little tiny fire they had, yeah. I Do I believe in polluting the earth? Absolutely not. I think we need to be better stewards of this creation that God has entrusted us with. I get that. That's not the issue. And it was addressed. I remember those same people talking about the frozen world coming by the year 2000. Told us that because of mankind... The Cuyahoga River would be dead, thoroughly dead, no life in it for 10,000 years, 10,000, 10,000 years of, of just, just destruction and death and nothingness and ugliness. 
that once beautiful river would be worthless. They were wrong. It didn't take 40 years, didn't even take 20 years before the the river came back with all its glory and, and, and the beautiful trees and the fish and life was abundant again in the Cuyahoga River. Once again, the Guyana earth worshipers were wrong. Now, I, I really wasn't planning to spend this much time in the beginning of the program, but maybe let's just go ahead and finish this out in this first segment. I think it's important. Stop listening to phony prophets making date predictions of when Jesus is coming. The first time they say that Jesus is coming and they give a date, you get up and you leave. The first time you see a publication or a website that is giving you dates and places and times, never go there again. Why do I say that? Why do I tell you that? It's because the Bible and Jesus himself says no man knows the day or the hour. And yet, how many books have been written? How many sermons have been preached? How many DVDs, back in the day cassette tapes and and VHS tapes, have been sold in the name of when Jesus is coming again? Many. And how many people have been left highly disappointed? Many. And here we go with the same foolishness with people making end-time predictions. Look, I look at the news and I try to understand it from a Christian and, yes, even an end-time perspective. One thing is obvious every day that goes by. At the end of this program, we will be one hour closer to when Jesus will come again. That's a fact. Do I know when that's going to be? No, I don't. All I know is we have a government now in the United States, a government now in the United Kingdom, a government in Canada, pretty much all of Europe and Australia. Let's just call it a good chunk of the Western world. A lot of these people want to pretend that they are atheist or they're agnostic or they're non-believers or they're not affiliated, whatever you want to call it. But man, they worry about this planet. They worry about climate change. I'm not going to. They worry about the sea levels rising. They worry about crops burning in the ground. And they act like none of this stuff has ever happened in the history of this planet. There are countless examples over thousands of years of long term drought. Warmer temperatures, excessively rainy conditions. This has been going on. This has been going on for thousands of years, and we act like it just started last week. Or 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 just started, you know, back in nineteen seventy two. When we were going into global cooling. And when that didn't pan out, then it became global warming. Man, how long did we hear people like Al Gore, former vice president of the United States, Bill Clinton, and other Democrats use the term global warming? Global warming is going to destroy the planet and flood New York City and Florida will disappear. Because when the polar ice caps melt, 
All that water is going to just flood New York. New York City will become a sub. It'll be it'll, it'll become like Atlantis, I guess, and so will Florida. And they have the arrogance to say that we're doing it. We're doing it. God says in His Word, "I know, I know the end. I know that day is coming, and there's nothing you can do about it." You know, to put it to put it quite simply, humanity, the Davos crowd, the United Nations crowd, World Economic Forum, all all of that stuff, the Democrat Party in the United States. They have moved away from worshiping the God of the Bible, and they have moved toward a godless worship, the worship of the creation, what they always call Mother Earth. And you need to understand something. When you worship the creature, as the Bible says, the creation, rather than the creator— you will ultimately engender the wrath of God. Read Romans 1, verse 18. Besides, worshiping the earth will never save you. There is no salvation in worshiping the earth. Every pagan religion that includes goddesses and earth worship, they always talk about peace and harmony and they, they try to tell you that this is going to be the solution to all of mankind's ills. But in every case, I don't care if it's John Kerry, the climate czar, flying around in his private plane because he's too good to go commercial as he goes to Davos. And he rubs elbows with the world elite Trying to save the environment will never save our souls, and it cannot and it will not bring out any kind of a utopia. Last week, we talked about the Georgia Guidestones and their Ten Commandments written in all these languages. Yes, mankind is the evil cancer that must be eliminated. The world can only sustain 500 million of us maximum. So only one in 14 of us should be allowed to live. The other 13 need to be destroyed and die. Once again, St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 1, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever and ever. Amen. Now, it doesn't surprise me a bit that America has become increasingly pagan. Look, political correctness, moral relativism, religious pluralism. Oh, all roads lead to heaven. You know, when you get to to these evangelical Lutheran churches in America, they're not evangelical and they're no longer Lutheran from what what Lutheran actually meant 500 years ago. They become pagan. I got a bunch of women running around with their blue hair and their rainbow vestments. More concerned about worshiping the earth and celebrating some 
cause celeb than talking about getting right with God. Sin is now celebrated, not, not confessed. All these cults from Gaia, the Greek goddess of the earth, have worked their way into the political mainstream in the United States. Listen, I am going to be, I I think I need to spend a little bit more time with this, and I've got a couple of what I call funny stories about the monkeypox virus. And then we'll kind of wind the program up, but I want to take a break here in just a moment. And I want to take just this little opportunity to thank all of you that listen either as a podcast. By the way, if you do listen as a podcast, would you be kind enough to let me know how you listen? You can email me directly, bob at truththenumber2ponder.com. Bob at truththenumber2ponder.com. And if you'd like to help support this ministry, by the way, To keep us on shortwave radio, consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. And our mailing address is 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North. And on that same address line, add number 3248 that is our secure box number 3248 the city is Crestview Crestview Florida 32536 that's Crestview Florida 32536 this is truth to ponder with Bob Beerman Avram's Road coming up Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get in love in a moment. Avram. Well, you probably know him as Abram. Avram, the father of the faithful, Abraham. He was called by God to leave his homeland. So what did he do? Well, imagine if he just came home one day and said, hey, I'm saved. Put up, put up bumper stickers on his chariot and said, my boss is a Jewish carpenter, went to services, then hung out in his home for the rest of his life. No, he didn't do that. If he did that, he would have never entered the promised land. What he did, though, is that he left the old life. He walked by faith. That's what he did. He believed God's word and he acted on it. He walked and he kept walking and he kept continuing and persevering in faith. He kept walking away from the old life and continuously walking towards the new life, away from the seen and and to the unseen. Away from what he knew and to the unknown. He walked very consistently and every footstep was another action of faith. One step farther away from from the old life, one step closer to the new. What about you? If you're born again, you're a child of Abraham. And therefore, it's not enough for you just to say, hey, I'm saved. You know, or my boss is Jewish carpenter. Hey, that's good. But you know what? You need to be walking away from the old and to the new every day of your life. You need to be taking another step, another step away from the old, another step to the new, another step closer with consistent, continual steps of faith every day. Act on your faith, my friend, and keep acting on it and walk on your faith and keep walking consistently and faithfully. Leave the old, enter the new. Don't just feel your faith, live it. So you too, like your father Abraham, you'll enter the land of promises. Want more? Ask for out of Chaldea. Now the free gift for you, the most incredible, awesome mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it and sapphire is guaranteed to give you the power of living victorious life in God as you follow it. All free. How do you get it? 
all free. Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So, to receive your free gifts, just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed. But call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. Now, my friend, you're on this earth for a great purpose, to be a blessing. So, I invite you to join me in bringing the greatest blessing to the unreached peoples of the world. Imagine if you could blanket this planet with the gospel of Messiah and touch the lost all over the world. Well, you can. Through shortwave radio, it's the farthest way you can ever, ever touch the world. How? Call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct at the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Walk on, my friend. Shalom Aleichem. Peace be to you, my friend. In Messiah, Haderach, the way. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of the Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. You know, I had all these notes in front of me ready to go today in the program, and I had this one little story that I just thought I'd take a moment or two to begin the program with. And I I had that email from a listener. Don't know who this listener is, and they intentionally, which I, I get it, I, I understand. I'm not upset about it. They use what they admitted is basically a fake email address and a fake name. So that's fine. But it's something that somebody wanted me to see. Now, what I don't know is they if they were trying to get me to read this, to take this seriously, or to look at it in the light of Scripture and remind people that, You may think you have figured the puzzle out of the end time, and you've got it down to the day. Might even, in some cases, be the hour. I mean, that's what Harold Camping did, time zone by time zone, beginning at that, you know, whatever the hour was. One thing is for certain. The churches have fallen asleep. Many church bodies in the United States, all across the Western world, that at one time in their history, whether whether it was a long time ago or centuries ago, that were faithful to the Word of God, many of those churches have ceased to be churches. They are dead spiritually, ethically, and they're dead for eternity unless there's repentance. And I'm going to call some of them out. I don't care what you think. It's not my job to make you feel good about yourself. That's what the Democrats do. That's what leftists do all over the world. Feel good about yourself. Celebrate yourself. We can't do that. And so when people begin to look at, well, if you look at this from uh, the Old Testament in Egypt, and you look at this, and you look at the new millennium, and you add this, and you do this number, and it's like you know, you're forcing pieces of a puzzle together to come up with your, your theory. And I look at this item that came from this website that was sent to me, and 
the Rapture puzzle book and all that goes with it. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, you know, when does this end? When does this end? When will people ever figure out that you do not know the day or the hour? And this gal has put all these pieces together. The plan. The plan by the year. You know, the pieces of the puzzle. And and page after page after page of this PDF file that I'm looking at is no different than the many, many before it that were also abject failures where they didn't pan out. Look at look at some of the, like I say, preachers that are still around today that were making predictions back in the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. They're getting on in years, but they're still somehow, this is what I don't get, somehow, they're still out there. And they're still getting a following. I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but I'm going to say it. It is. When, when Hal Lindsey put out his book, The Late Great Planet Earth, and it was all filled with when Jesus is coming, and so be ready for 1988, you know, at that point we had, what, about, yeah. Eight, nine, and maybe not quite, you know, 18 years. And, you know, 1988 became 1989, became 1996, year 2000, and he's still on TBN and other networks, still trying to give you end time theology and prophecy. There are a lot of very nice people, and I think they really mean well. I really do. And how they become, if they're such Bible scholars, so deceived that they can't see that no man knows the day or the hour, and they keep trying to pin it down. That's where I think we go astray, trying to pin it all down. I have heard a lot of Christian radio programs that, you know, deal with end time stuff, whether it's end time news or what have you. And as soon as they cross the line by either themselves making statements or allowing a guest on the program to start making predictions about when Jesus is coming again, I can remember one that just sticks out in my mind. Another prophetess, I'm always concerned about that one, talking about how We only have until the end of August to prepare. That statement was made in April. We only have until the end of August to prepare. Because if we don't get our preparations done by the end of August, remember this is being said in April. If we don't get our our preparations done, By the end of August, it's everlastingly too late. That statement was made in 2015, six years ago. I think, actually seven years ago. So I I think we've kind of passed the expiration date on that. Basically, the end of August 2015 came and went. The election of Donald Trump 
in 2016 came and went. These same prophets saying that Trump would win the election or magically get put back into office came and went. And we still have people thinking we can fix the world with an election here in the United States. Good luck. I pointed out yesterday, I think monkeypox is nothing but a trial balloon to see how far they can go. Because, as I mentioned yesterday, even in states like New York, they are beginning to realize, as they do their polling, that nobody's buying the coronavirus much any longer. People are beginning to see through it. And they're not going to go through it again for corona. They're going to say, nope, you were wrong, wrong, wrong. And so now they need to find another fear-mongering idea to get their way. Listen, we now have Pantheon. We now have all this type of worship. All these pagan cults are alive and well. You want to know why pagan cults are alive and well in the United States and Europe and Australia today? You want to know why? Because those demons, those demonic forces, that spirit of Antichrist that has been on this planet since the fall of man are still here today. And they are smarter than your average Harvard or Princeton graduate. No offense to those two schools in particular, or St. John's University for that matter, or any place else. Clemson University. These demons know a lot more than the greatest professors that ever taught in those institutions. And their worldview is always about man can be a god. And that nature is god. It is the basis for the New Age movement, and it influences so much of our political structure in the Western world today. And as I mentioned before, so many churches that were once real churches have been surrendering the sovereignty of God to the altar and sacrificing it to Guyana worship or Gaia worship or Pantheon worship. Mother Earth or Mother Nature worship. Wicca and New Age worship. The green cult is an extreme ecology movement that seeks to worship the planet and replace an almighty and living God. Let me make sure you understand that. The greatest danger is not monkeypox, it's not the coronavirus. It is the fact that leaders of the Western world, without realizing it, are giving aid and comfort to demonic forces. And and also notice that along with this political correctness, moral relativism, religious pluralism, because someday there has to be a, a world religion, and so the seeds are being sowed for that. I mean, that's why... Episcopalians and many, not all, United Methodists, those in the Elka group of Lutherans and others, 
certain parts of the Presbyterian Church, I guess the Presbyterian Church USA, United Church of Christ, they, they all have fallen into this pantheon worship without realizing it. They're all about all things green, all things gay, all things perverted. Those are the things that we celebrate. These churches have been given over, as the Bible clearly states, they will be. I'm going to say it again. These so-called churches are abominations, and they are repugnant to Almighty God. They preach a phony, false, and damnable gospel that is not the gospel. You know, in our travels last week in Virginia, we visited a few towns in the region that we're looking near where the daughter lives. And I saw, I'm not going to say the name of the city, I saw this beautiful old Lutheran church that was built probably this particular building, let's just say prior to the 1940s, beautiful stone building, historic. And little quick research, the church had been around since the 1800s. You can tell it has just breathtaking stained glass windows. And you know that at one time, you know as you look over the kind of people in that community a hundred years ago, 75 years ago, even 50 years ago, that were true believers and put their faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. And over time, starting in the late 1970s, In many parts of the Christian world, the Episcopal Church, Presbyterians, Methodists, Lutherans, not all, began to to reassess themselves in the light of the world and started compromising their theological positions to be more accepted by the world. Hey, I don't want my church accepted by the world. The Bible says we are in this world and not of it. The world will hate us for what we believe. If you're trying to get the world to love you by changing what you believe, you've ceased to be a church and you're now part of the, well, worship of the planet, New Age movement, pagan views, ancient fertility cults, Moloch worship, any pro-abortion church, and there are many of them that celebrate it, They are the first church of Moloch in their community. They are a church of a deity condemned by God in the most stringent and strongest terms. But they flaunt it. They stand outside of abortion clinics and praise it and pray for them, not praying that they go out of business, but praying that they're more successful. Christians, the church is at a crossroad. And I can't say this enough. Didn't think I was going to be theological today, but I guess that's where the Lord called it to be. So much for the monkeypox today. We're not going to waste our time. We, we spent enough time on it yesterday and all the other pandemics, pandemics, and scams. I think maybe what we need to do today, 
is really those that confess and claim to be Christians need to understand what it truly means to be a Christian. We're not going to be loved by the world in these end times. Yeah, I believe we are entering end times. Of course, every day we get closer to the end time, period. And so the rise of cultish activity, the rise of worshiping the planet, the rise of celebrating abominations and sin is to be expected in this time, as in the days of Noah. We're, we're, if we're not there, we're on our way. You look at all these pantheists, the green movement all over the world committed to all the same ideology, you know, ideology. And if you look at the environmental activists in politics, they are completely guided by the worship of the earth, that she is immortal and the source of all life. And here's one of the things that separates what I call this pantheism from true Christianity. You will notice that all of these so-called New Age worshipers, which you find within the context of many established churches today, they believe that Mother Earth is the source of all life on this earth, including the man Jesus. They strip away his divinity, and they strip away his resurrection. He was a nice man who loved everybody. They reduce him to nothing more than a nice guy. They view the earth as an actual living organism, which which is always evolving and growing. The problem with that is the earth is a living planet because it has been sustained by a living God. The earth is not the substance of being God. And yet all the green parties of Europe, the United States, and Canada. Here's something funny. Al Gore, remember him? Ran for president, 2000, former vice president. Here's a guy that came out of a, shall we say, prestigious household in Tennessee. And for a while, early in his political career, was proud of his, you know, Baptist heritage, had even gone to seminary and flunked out. He was going to be a an ordained pastor someday. And he appealed to those in Tennessee by being early on pro-life, anti-abortion, because that's what the people of his state felt, and that's where the votes were. When he became vice president of the United States, he quickly abandoned all of those beliefs and became thoroughly into Moloch worship and death. And then he abandoned any of his Christian roots as he's moved into Guyana worship, worship of the earth. His book, Earth and the Balance, Ecology and the Human Spirit, is nothing but paganism. New Age paganism. These people believe that the earth is alive and you can speak to her spirit 
and send your love and your worship and and it'll give you peace and people these they they want the earth to forgive them for having injured you know when you look at throughout history this gaia this gaia hypothesis is what it is called it's the underlying uh underlying source of all this environmental international law and and there's the idea of having every child in America every child on the planet you know to to learn the 10 commandments of the earth which are pretty well laid out on the Georgia guidestones and forget the 10 commandments given by almighty god because see the 10 commandments given by god go against much of this new age thinking. We're getting close to that day when Jesus will return. I don't know when it is. I'm not going to look at that website to tell me that Jesus is coming on January 1st, 2023, and that the rapture is going to be occurring starting Friday of this week, by the way, just so you know. That's what it says, and I'm not not buying it because no man knoweth the day or the hour, or woman in this case. I appreciate the zeal and trying to understand uh, there's a difference between discussing prophecy and making us aware that we are heading toward a day of destiny, and that day is becoming closer and closer with each and every breath that you and I take. Let me add this thought. Mankind, when it decided and decides in various ages to stop recognizing the God of creation, people didn't exactly stop worshiping. They just changed what they worshiped or changed the rules of their worship or abandoned the object of their worship and replaced that. That's what you see in the Episcopal Church, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, parts of the United Methodist Church, this God, this this worship, this worship of the earth. Diversity we celebrate. Environmentalism we celebrate. All pagan religions, all of them, they seek peace and harmony with nature and they believe it is the only solution to all of humanity's ills, that and getting rid of most of mankind. Trying to save the environment will never save our souls. It cannot bring about a utopia and peace on this earth. The Bible says that we are, as people, inherently wicked. Only the transforming power of the Holy Spirit, not the planet Earth, can lead us to Christ and that promised land. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. So when somebody tries to convince you that uh, this is the hour, this is the day, and it's going to be this day or that day or this month or that month, don't believe them. Even Jesus says, when someone says, here's the Christ, there's the Christ, don't believe them. It'll come like a thief in the night. 
The Bible's pretty clear on that. I don't see, why do we have such a problem with this? Really, I mean, why is this for some Christians, some evangelical Christians, why is this such an issue? Why do they feel they need to get something beyond what the Bible says? I need that special word of knowledge. I need this special prophetic message that goes beyond what the Scripture says I'm allowed to have. And somehow these people are celebrated and they're selling their books and their DVDs. They get a following. And a little ministry like mine, we struggle along trying to share the truth. It's not easy. Now, I'm trying to find that balance on this program between news, information, and not to give you false hope or false information. There's still a lot of work to be done. The field, the fields, as the Bible says, is white for harvest. And so let's pray we can get some laborers into that harvest while we yet have time. However much time that is, I don't know, and I'm not going to tell you that I know. I'm pleading with you here, folks. Don't fall for every wind of strange doctrine and every false teaching and every false prophet. Those are the, you know, wolves in sheep's clothing. Don't support ministries and churches that bring on these phony prophets that have gotten it wrong over and over again. If they're coming to your town, don't waste your time. It's not worth it. Just ignore them. There's plenty to be done. Now, if you believe in our ministry, would you would you consider supporting us financially to keep us on radio? I know we've been having a few issues with one of our frequencies at night, and I'll try to get you an update later this week. It was an antenna issue for 9455, and it's currently being dealt with. Not sure how long that is going to take, but I'll let you know. We are currently in Georgia. We are not in Florida, so I wish I could be there to help a little bit, but we can't. But hopefully, it'll be resolved this week. If you believe in the work of Truth to Ponder, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio? That's Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address is 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. The city is Crestview, one word, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code is 32536. That's Crestview, Florida. 32536. Our website, truth2ponder.com, has that address and other ways you can support us. Also, let me know how you listen. It's more important than you will ever know. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two ponder.com truth to ponder shining the light of truth in a darkening world